Lorraine and I'm black. I'm Sarah and I'm Jewish. We host a podcast called Learned Up, where we go back to school to learn some basic black and Jewish stuff we should totes already know. Come see Learned Up at UCB Sunset slash UCB Inner Sanctum at 5419 West Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood on October 30th. That's a Monday at 8.30 p.m. We have a live show. Guys, we are recording our first full episode live so you can hear us and see us in action at the same time here are some things you can expect um special comedy guests um enrichment uh learning uh did i say surprises um it's free guys please come to our live show once again monday october 30th 8 30 p.m ucb sunset in the inner sanctum let's get learned up it's gonna be a really good time you're gonna want to be there bye-bye Hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Learned Up Podcast. And this is a, a really fun episode. We are so excited about it. Uh, it's a little uh, little play on words, uh, Jew booze and black booze. I wasn't ready. I didn't know that was coming. Guys, wow. get it? Like 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 booze, like B-O-O-Z-E. Yeah, I'm still just catching up, really. Oh, that we're gonna really- get We're going to get turned up. <laughs> on this learnt up we are nerds <laughs> ah! we're basically just partying this episode we're sipping alcohol that we feel like we should be more familiar with that's right lorraine kick us off okay yo um so when we decided to do this the first thing that came to mind for me was hennessy mm-hmm. i was like there hennessy is always mentioned in like rap songs it shows up in videos you look at it and you just think about black culture so I'm like, why? Why is that? Let me get to the bottom of this. Let me get to the bottom of this. Also, I don't even know. Do I like it? I don't know. So I was like, I got to know. I have to figure it out. So hold on a second. Let me pull out my Hennessy. And while you do that, I'm going to sing a little song that I wrote mm, mm, uh, mm. in honor of this episode. Okay. <clears throat> Tell me, do you think it'd be all right if I could drink cognac tonight? See, I got no place drinking this stuff. As you can see, I'm white. Tomorrow we can pour some kosher wine and talk about Harvey Weinstein. Sorry, I don't have a better line to take its place. Hey, Hennessy. Hey, Hennessy. Remember that song, Hey, Jealousy? No. Lorraine, I knew you wouldn't know it. You just let me sing that whole thing without knowing? That was really good. I thought you invented the melody and the lyrics. Ryan, do you know Hey, Jealousy by the Chin Blossoms? Sorry. Oh, man. That was really good. Well, though. guys, that was Hey, Hennessy by <laughs> Sarah Isaacson. Sarah Blossoms. Um, so Do you need some help with that? Well, I didn't realize that. OK, so start, just starting off, Hennessy, I guess, comes with this like intense gold label. Thank you, Ryan. It's such a beautiful bottle. Ryan Countshouse is going to help me open this bottle of Hennessy. And while he does that, I should tell you guys, it was nearly $50. <gasps> Um, Hennessy is expensive, apparently. Wow! It turns out that Hennessy is is a very expensive. Well, not just Hennessy, but cognac is an expensive liquor. It sounds expensive, right? And here's the thing about it: it's not even. It's not supposed to be. It's not a fancy thing. It's you're mostly paying for the bottle. Thank you. 
there's like the bottles a thing but it's um, like it's sort of a status it looks fancy yeah it looks fancier and like the more high-end ones that are like three thousand dollars like it like comes in like a crystal like special fancy thing right oh my gosh oh i think it's the kind that has like a cork oh that's such a nice yeah i don't know if you can hear that okay it's a soft pop all right i'm gonna pour some of this we're gonna have it neat is that okay sarah please Oh, yeah. We'll just do like a little bit. Sure. So are we going to. Ryan, would you like some? Okay, perfect. So cognac comes from the south, southwestern region in France. This is it's a French thing. And it's interesting because like 97 percent of it is exported. They don't really drink it. That's funny. They Like it became so popular in the States that they're like, okay, I guess we just make this for them now. (laughs) That's our relationship to cognac. And we love it. And it wasn't, it's not just like a black thing. It's like, let me slow down. All right, everybody. Let's uh, cheers each other. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Is there anything you're supposed to say when you cheers Hennessy? Um, when you um, clink Hennessy cups? Pass the Quavassier. Yeah. That's another kind of cognac that Buster Rhymes sings about. I love that song. Oh, my God. This has a very strong nose. Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh, that is. Ooh. Oh, man. It burns. Intense burn. Ugh. Ugh. What are some of the tasting notes here? Caramel, um, burnt, uh, burnt esophagus. Um, yeah, it's one of those drinks that you like pass. You like swig, and I guess you like pass it around. Gasoline, a little, a little bit of gas, a little lighter fluid. Uh, so, okay, the birth of cognac. It originated in the southwest region of France, like I said, when Dutch sailors needed ways to transport wine during long voyages. By the 18th and 19th centuries. This thing, it was Ooh, known too as, hot to yeah, handle for Ryan. Known as burnt wine, and that's what it tastes like. It really does. That is what it tastes like. Nailed it. Started being exported to England, Holland, Asia, and America. And just so you guys know, the other people who really love cognac, they're in China. They love it. And, wow. And they went and they've really leaned into it because there are certain um, like distributors of cognac that will make it they'll like distribute it in this like eight-sided bottle and like eight is a lucky number or something for a Chinese culture so they like to embrace the people who sip their thing um la 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 Hennessy started placing advertisements in black publications such as Jet Ebony and it was actually the first alcohol that was advertised in Jet and Ebony um magazines like that so it just was immediately embraced by black folks and they were like yeah that's our thing we're gonna do it um Hennessy also would like respond to things that black people were doing with it. Like um, people were mixing Hennessy, sorry, cognac with Moscato. Like wives were just like doing this for their husbands. And then Hennessy was like, cool, we're going to release our own special like mix of it. And so they like developed something that would appeal to black ladies and their families. So they sell like a cognac Moscato mixture. Yeah, I forget what it's called though. That sounds fucking disgusting. <laughs> I know. Sorry, sorry, black women. Um, okay, so music. We know music has played a huge part uh, in the distribution or the popularity of Hennessy. So many rap songs. So just so much black music oh, yeah. celebrates it. Uh, often referred to as Henny. Often referred to as Henny. Um, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. I'm really disorganized, but I feel like that's allowed. Right. You tell me. Keep sipping. Keep sipping. There was something that I wanted to share that has to do with the fact that it got to a point where, um, it was like 
competition between cognac and whiskey in the United States, mm-hmm. like yeah. which thing is more popular. And whiskey would like they would advertise it based on like Confederate stuff. Like they would be celebrating like Confederate war heroes oh, and everything like that. Not so, a super black thing. Yeah. So it was just very obvious. Like, no, we don't yeah. want to think about that while we're drinking. Like yeah. we'd rather like that just is gonna make us drink in a sad way. We want to party. So we would have this cognac. Another cool thing about cognac, okay. Um, it was World War II soldiers who were like in France. And they had it for the first time and brought it home. They were oh. like, oh, this is great. And they loved it. And they just, that became like the black soldier drink. Did, so they drank it like in battle to like take the edge off or Probably. something? Probably. I think they just liked it. They're yeah. like, oh, what is this burnt wine? Let's get into it. So cognac is made from grapes, like like oh, wine? That's a good question. Probably, I should right? probably look that up. I assume, yeah. I bet it's like, I bet it's like barrel aged in like oak for a while. Yeah, Don't probably. Don't you think it's like kind of like an oaky taste? Yeah, and kind of like the way bourbon is, it like sits forever. Sits forever, but I think unlike bourbon, which is made from grains. Oh right? yeah, yeah, I yeah. That's a grain might thing. Be, I think this might be um, made. Let's see, what is cognac made out of? Yes, yeah, specific grape varieties nice. for a brand. Oh, you, so you guys, it's cognac is actually a sub set of brandy. I did not know that. Um, cognac is a variety of brandy named after the town of Cognac, France. Yes. Sorry, I don't mean to step on your thing, but now I'm just really interested. I mean, I love knowing how different like liquor and wine things are made. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a brandy to be called Cognac, it must be made from specific grape varieties grown in the AOC, which is a like a wine sort of region okay. thing. Um, and double distilled in copper pot stills and aged at least two years in Limousin. Or Tonke oak barrels. Nice. Very nice, Sarah. Um, So cool. I also wanted to say, okay, so the tradition of people, like, I don't know, talking about cognac, sorry, black people Mm -hmm. talking about cognac in music was um, when people like Josephine Baker showed up in Paris. And so she would, you know, they were like singing songs in like nightclubs, jazz clubs. And in those like interwar years, they would, you know, give it a little shout out like, oh, yeah, we're liking this. We're taking this. We're taking this home. Um, And there's something like elegant about it. Like, oh, this is a French thing. Mm -hmm. So there's this sort of like, I don't know, lifestyle thing that's attached to it, even though it's like not like I said before, like it's not really like an actually fancy thing. It just kind of like it connotes lavish lifestyle. And that's why you see it. In hip hop videos and whatnot, um, as more things come to me, I'll I'll bring it up. But for now, I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna be sipping. Yeah. So, what do you think of it? Um, it's kind of intense. Like, actually, let me look up these cocktails. Ooh. I would probably want to have it in a cocktail. Like, I didn't realize cognac is the base of like a sidecar, Sazerac. For real? Am I wrong? Azarek? I thought it was. I thought it was in there. You you could be right. Um, New Orleans variation of cognac or, or a whiskey, whiskey cocktail. cocktail. Okay, so either or. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're probably like, right that it was like the original. My dad loves a Sazerac. Like he'll mix one up and give it to me. And his th- what does he say about it? He's like, it's it's such an amazing cocktail because every sip is different than the last. It's like wow. you're sipping a different cocktail with every sip. Your dad sounds like he should run a tasting room somewhere. He probably should. He loves like, that cr- shit. In his retirement. Yeah, I mean, he could. Second chapter. He easily could. 
So I've, I think I've only had whiskey Sazeracs, but I love a good Sazerac. Um, any whiskey-based cocktail I'm pretty much on board with. Old-fashioned, yeah, if I was Manhattan. Having, if I was having like a hard day or something, I might like have this over ice and like that just be it. But like just sipping it neat, it's like hard. It's pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh. It would be better with a couple ice cubes probably. For sure. Dilute it a little bit. For sure. Yeah, what would you want to mix with it? Like, I don't know, maybe like some some punch like in a punch it might be nice yeah or like yeah some lemonade maybe definitely yeah it could it it could use some sweetening up mm. for sure maybe some orange it could be like a burnt, burnt orange oh yeah and get a little orange peel garnish Ooh, yes. in there yes we love cocktails we love cocktails we really do we're gonna we have a spin-off po- podcast yeah. called pod tails P- pocktails pocktails that's really bad my cock tasks <laughs> Yeah, cockcast. We have God. this great cockcast. <laughs> the cockcast. Wait, yeah, we get a lot of hits uh, thinking that we're a porn podcast, but actually, uh, we make cocktails. I feel like so naive and idiotic. If first of all, like if you can think of it, yes, there is a podcast about it. But there are porn podcasts. There must be. Are there are? Yeah, Ryan's nodding his head. Yes, like like describing situations. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's like charactery. It's sort oh, of like the way play-ish. a porn is, and it's okay. like, oh hi, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting Mm -mm. wow well we got there we made it there yep isn't it funny how asmr videos often look and sound like porn scenarios yeah it's like hey i'm here to give you a haircut totally i'm here to just like flip through some pages it's really weird that like yeah you could either like watch it or listen to it to like fall asleep or to (laughs) masturbate my sides the same coin my friend steven told me that while ASMR does seem extremely sexual, there is a specific subset of ASMR videos and audio or whatever that's ASMR erotica, and it's oh, intentionally sexual. Sure, sure, sure. So, well, the women who do it are always super hot, and it's like, aren't a lot of people just listening to these to fall asleep? Why do these women need to be super made up? Yeah, I um, don't know. It's weird. It is weird. What a weird world. Oh my god! And do you think that there are people who like want to make ASMR videos, but they're worried they're not hot enough? Yeah, honestly, they're like, I would, but I would crinkle this bag, but like, I'm not hot enough. Yeah, I just I feel like I've aged out of ASMR. <laughs> it's like if you can be inventive with uh, like making sounds out of ordinary objects, you got a place you, in the ASMR world, for or sure. you should at least. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, why are hot young girls doing this? They should be stop wasting your face. Yeah, don't waste your face. Go on be this. a cover girl. Go be a cover girl. Be a makeup influencer. Yes. Be a fucking singer. Like, yeah, sure. you don't have to be good at singing to be a good singer. You can no. just be hot, and they will auto tune you. <laughs> Right? Is that true? Oh, yeah. I think that's true. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Autotune didn't exist, some of the greats like Britney Spears like wouldn't have been so popular. You You don't think? No, no way. She can't get by on her voice alone. Yeah, you're right. It's like mostly her like Uh, what she brings. uh, (laughs) She's also an amazing dancer and performer. Yeah. That woman lives to perform. Oh, my God. She's so good. So good. So, okay, going back to Cognac for a second. Uh Um. So some of the sort of major brands that people are probably familiar with, that I would love at some point to be rich enough to sort of have a little taste test, compare and contrast thing with would be like Hennessy, Remy Martin, mm-hmm. Curvassier. Yes. And Martel. Martel. Okay. Yeah. And then there's the VSOP. I don't VS whatever. Maybe that's just a, uh, a distinction or something and not a brand. But um yeah, those are the those are the big ones. Have you had any of the other ones? Like, have you had Cavassier? No, this is this is my first foray into cognac, to my knowledge. I mean, it's possible that I've 
Actually, I don't think so. I don't think it's possible that I've had any of these in my drink and didn't know. I feel like they would really want to like bolster their presence in something like there's Remy Martin in this drink. Right. It's never you know? going to be like the sixth ingredient in a cocktail that yeah. you skim over like like uh, like rosemary. Exactly. Or like simple syrup. And, exactly. And like if you're carrying a Michael Kors bag, you know you're carrying a Michael. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. For yeah, better or worse. It's not. Yeah. There's no way to subtly drink cognac. Um, I want to. I want to quote a song from a Baltimore club music song. And actually before I even go there, do you know Baltimore club music, Sarah? Not really, Lorraine. Wow. I know about DC go-go music. Sure. I don't know about that's going on too. DC punk music. I don't know about much about the Baltimore music scene. It's just, it's so, it's so amazing to me because Baltimore club is happening like right in your backyard's backyard. Mm -hmm. And like it, shaped me and my brothers a lot and some of my good friends and it's like I just I there I'm gonna share so many songs with you after this record anyway there's a song called feel me and for anyone who doesn't know Baltimore club music is extremely sexual like this is part of the tradition it also is like very repetitive they're tight loops of the same what you just heard it just like keeps repeating itself so feel me is a song that goes feel me Feel me, feel me, feel me. And the music behind it is the, um, that Six Flags music, that did, 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 wait. I mean, it, it kind of is that, but it's a little bit different. It's just repeating that piece of it, of the loop. Those bars. Yeah. And then, um, it goes into this verse and it's like, like, Girl, you know I need it. Let your feeling show. Something, something, something. Listen to me flow while I'm in the studio. Girl, don't you see that I want some Hennessy? But first I gotta ask you, do you really feel me? Feel me! And it like repeats. Wow. Anyway, that was like the first thing I ever heard that made me think of Hennessy. I didn't even know what Hennessy was. And in preparation for this this episode, I just kept hearing that guy's voice going, girl, don't you see that I want some Hennessy? Nice. <laughs> and now I'm sipping it. It's great. Oh, Sarah, can we very quickly just share like what we went through when we purchased our alcohol this afternoon? Yes, let's do it. It was um, so awkward. We walked yeah. into a liquor store mm-hmm. and we're like, well, hello. She would like kosher wine. And I would like a bottle of Hennessy. Yeah, I was really <laughs> nervous. I felt like I needed to qualify it. I was like, listen, I actually, after you left, because the liquor store did not have Hennessy and she had to go to Walgreens to get it. Yeah. Um, which luckily was like down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was checking out, I felt the need to say something. I couldn't just like let it go. So I said, uh, so we do this podcast <laughs> uh, where, and I just told him about the podcast and he thought it sounded great. And um, yeah, I think it went really well. And I think we may have got, gotten another listener today. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. No, really, though. I felt ridiculous yeah. just being like this Jewish girl. Yeah. This black girl. Yep. Help us just out. Just point us to our sections. Uh, yeah. And also, this might be a good segue unless you are, have more I'm to ready. talk about. I'm totally well, ready. Well, so going to the kosher wine section. We're talking about kosher wine. Uh, going to the kosher wine section. I mean, it's limited, you know, it's. There's not a lot of it. It's tough that like you can freely purchase in the U.S. It's tough. It's a yeah. It's a narrow, definitely a narrow selection. Common misconception about kosher wine is that it has to come from Israel. Um, nope, it doesn't. It can actually. Let's actually just get right into it. So, what makes kosher wine kosher? 
Well, uh, kosher wine is wine that has been handled exclusively by Sabbath observing Jews throughout every part of the winemaking process. So the grapes are grown and then handled by and then the various like things added to it are all kosher and it's all made by and handled by um, observant Jews. And then it also has to be overseen by a person called a mashkiach, which is basically just like a supervising rabbi who just comes to the winery and like supervises the process and makes sure everyone's a-okay. And then he gives a little stamp that it's kosher. Um, So you can have kosher wine in any country. I mean, there's kosher wineries or kosher wine that comes from California, from France, from Spain. Anywhere where there's like Jews who like to make wine, you can have kosher wine. It's not hard. Um, but kosher wine gets a pretty bad rap and I will admit that I have been part of the problem. I have been like perpetuating and spreading the bad reputation that kosher wine gets because growing up, okay, what do you think of when you think of kosher wine? I think of this Jewish wedding that I helped plan. Oh, that's nice. But that's the first thing that I think of. Okay. Well, I think I, and a lot of other people would say like Manischewitz. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Like Manischewitz is not really repping jews and the jewish wine game like that hard it's like not it's not putting our best foot forward you know manischewitz is gross i mean is it you guys have had you've never i've never had it oh my god i should have brought some oh my god that would have been a really good idea so like what's the deal it's it's so bad it's only shown in like it's only uh is it like church wine i don't know if you've ever had it but yeah it's like this is not wine it's a wine product in fact on manischewitz's website uh there's a little link called products and that's where they list all of the various, various Manischewitz varieties. Um, and it's a, it's a product, not a wine because there's shit added to it. Like corn syrup. Ew. It's like, that's not how you make wine. No. What are you guys doing? No. So growing up, going to various bar and bat mitzvahs, drinking Manischewitz, like I, I was just under the impression that, Oh, this is just all kosher wine, you know? Um, and it's true that like, you know, people's tastes, including, you know, Jewish winemaking people's tastes have like evolved. So kosher wine maybe used to be kind of gross because they didn't really know how to do it. And now like there's just so much good wine everywhere that everyone is just rising to the occasion and, and bringing out their best. So I want to talk about kosher wine versus mevushal wine. So mevushal is, I hope I'm saying that right. It's a Hebrew word. Uh, It's what people think of when they think of kosher wine. It is often, okay. So the, the process of making it is that they boil or heat up the grapes before fermenting them like they heat them up to like a very high temperature which is not a normal process I was gonna say I'm like this sounds like a problem yeah sounds like a really big problem right so you're cooking these grapes and (laughs) you're so angry you're like so angry right now furious is like you cook these grapes you put these grapes in a pot you spent all of this time cultivating and you're gonna put it on simmer you're just gonna put it in a pot not even simmer turn that shit up just blast those grapes just take all of the character no. and the the vital sort of subtleties out of the grapes just everything that right makes out. the grape a grape right let's say let's bye just turn you're no longer juice. a grape so the heating this heating the grapes like this really breaks down a lot of the tannins and the structures of the grape oh, no. so that's what produces what people think of when they think of kosher wine which is really sadly only a small part of it but it's um often very sweet it's syrupy Because you're not supposed to cook grapes like that when you're making wine. So let me tell you why that process exists in the first place. Sort of what the religious um, or sort of cultural like backstory is. So there's a biblical origin. You know, obviously Jews are old as fuck. And there's a lot of wine 
in the Bible and the Torah. I mean, wine permeates like every aspect of Jewish religious practice. There's like, you know, you drink for this prayer, you drink for that prayer. Um, in, throughout the Passover Seder, you drink like four or five cups of wine. Um, on your bat mitzvah, on the Sabbath, I think I already said that, on holidays, everything involves wine. There's a lot of wine. A lot of wine. And it goes back to, you know, the beginning of Jews. So uh, in the Bible, or the Torah, I guess I should say, it is forbidden for Jews to drink wine that have been used in a pagan ceremony by idolaters. So this is going back, obviously, thousands of years when it was really important for Jews to keep themselves separate from people who, like, worship at the altar of, like, anything like, else. Yeah, anything else, really. Yeah. So it they started by calling it, like, pagans or idolaters, but it actually really just means anyone who's not a Jew, unfortunately. So... This is a, from this little AV Club article I read about the kosher winemaking process. Um, despite lacking a clear reason as to why, Talmudic tradition, Talm- the Talmud is like the book of Jewish laws, Talmudic tradition holds that wine becomes, quote unquote, useless to idolaters when it is boiled early on by Jews to a certain temperature, after which point it can be handled by non-Jews without losing its kosher status. Okay. So they, they believe that the process of heating up the grapes uh, or boiling the grapes somehow makes it okay for christians and other non-jews to handle it and jews can still drink it so like let's say let's say you're an orthodox jew planning a jewish wedding for your daughter right and you're planning to serve kosher wine duh yeah but you're worried about the non-jewish wait staff handling your wine like pouring your wine this is how you get around to kosher it lies, this is so this is how you get around it you serve muvushal which is again the sort of cooked wine that allows non-jewish people to handle it and then jewish people to drink it and have it still be kosher so this obviously has some like unpleasant origins and implications because this is all coming from the uh, wanting to avoid intermixing of Jews and non-Jews, like out of a fear of assimilation. Um, I read a couple different accounts that said ancient Jews worried that if they started sharing wine with non-Jews, pretty soon they'd start, you know, they'd get they get friendly and start throwing around. There pretty goes the neighborhood. Pretty soon their children would marry each other <laughs> and the bloodline would be diluted. Can you imagine? Like this is a case. This is like a worst case scenario thing. This is like catastrophic thinking. This is when people go to like such an outlandishly insane place in their head. It's like, just have some wine together. You know, your kids don't have to get married. This doesn't okay. have to threaten the future of the Jewish, Jewish people. But anyway, this is how it starts, Sarah. This is how it starts. I just want to say that I feel I love drinking with non-Jews. I, lo- I love non-Jews making my wine. Feel free to, yeah, just, I think I think everyone should drink together. I think wine should bring people together, not separate people. Yeah. I want to go on record as saying that. So anyway, because of Mevushal, kosher wine has gotten a bad rap because it is this very specific type that kind of has sort of problematic like, mm-hmm. ideologies behind it, and also it, it tastes bad. Um, <laughs> and Manischewitz... Uh, is it Mevushal, you ask? Oh, you bet. Uh, some uh, Manischewitz are just kosher and Mevushal, and some are kosher per- for Passover. So what makes a wine kosher per- for Passover, as opposed to just being kosher, is that there's no like um, leavening or any sort of yeast agent added to it that comes from like bread or grains. So you know how like, on Passover, you can't eat anything that like rises? So that's right. why you can't eat bread, you can't eat like crackers. Um, and yeast is uh, is added to wine when you make it to start the fermenting process. So any yeast that you add to wine, if you're making it kosher, has to be like a yeast from a sugar or from a fruit. Right. It can't be like yeast from a bread. I don't even know if that's a thing, but it can't be. You, you can't do that. Um, okay, so 
let's taste some kosher wine, right? I just want to say, yeah, let's definitely taste some kosher wine. I just want to also say I am positive that your dad is proud. Because Aww. I know that it was important to him that you do kosher wine justice. And I am so excited to try this one. Thank you. And me too, by the way. So I got two different kinds. Um, the first one we're going to try is, okay. yeah, let's start with this one. This is a kiwi. Um, this is a kiwi wine. This is a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. It's a 2015 so Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> O'Dwyer's Creek is the brand if you're or the producer if you're curious. Um, so this is 100% Sauvignon Blanc and it is both kosher and mashuval or mavushal, sorry, which is that cooking process. Let's see how this okay, tastes. Okay, let's see. And you, this is that cooking process you were just talking that about. That I was kind of hating on because I wow. think it's sacrilegious. Um, yeah. It smells okay. All right, okay, let's do it. Let's Here, do can it. you pass me your glass? Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, let me just kind of like stick my nose in here. Yeah, get, get in there. This already smells like something yeah what are you getting off the nose like this is not this is not the kind of wine that i'm used to you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it smells special it smells like hold on Ooh, it's very savory this smell i think it smells like a pretty traditional new zealand so i've had a lot of new zealand sauvignon blancs they're usually like you go girl i know you have you have that monthly club at silver lake wines right i I had to cancel it you had to cancel it i just i I, not in that tax bracket i had to admit it to myself okay let's try this Wow. Okay. I like that a lot. That's nice. I don't even really, I don't mess with white wine very much. Oh, you don't? Not really, no. I'm more of a red kind of a girl. Mm -hmm. I like, I like those like full bodied, like very fruity, like a Malbec, like a full heavy wine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause like when I drink something, like I want to be, I want to be drinking something. Like I want to feel full and I want to get like into it. This is sort of like your like summer's day. It's a sipping wine. Yeah, I to be honest, I love red wine, but I haven't been drinking it for the past year because it gives me migraines or I believe that it does. So unfortunately, I've had to cut it out of my uh, my routine. So I've been drinking a lot of whites, a lot of rosés, a lot of sparkling mm. and a lot of Moscow mules. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Me love too. a mule. Let's yeah, see. I okay. like this. This is like a very tasty like we're hanging out at the country club. It's. I would call this um, easy drinking. Very it's easy. It's not super complex. I'm going to go on ahead and say the complete opposite of Hennessy. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. Really apples and oranges. Wow. Far. Grapes far and grapes. Far on the way on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Delicious. This is so nice. And I, I love that we started with the Mouvou Shawl, which I had such a prejudice against mm-hmm. just because of the, the process by which it's made. But um, you can't even tell. Ryan, yeah. will you, uh, you want to grab a glass and a, a little cup? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Get in on this. This is not here. Oh, um. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar at all with like New Zealand wines. I this, I've never had it until today. There's and a lot of Sauvignon Blancs from New Zealand. I'm so surprised that this was cooked. The grapes were cooked. Yeah, it's Ryan's into it, right? It's nice. It has kind of a um. Okay, this is gonna sound really douchey, but here we're tasting wine. Let's just freaking yeah, go for go, it. Let's just use no, all the jargon. There, this there. is where I yeah. This is where I get to use all of my my vocab. I would say that um, you expect it to be more acidic. Because of the way that it smells, right? Right. And a Sauvignon Blanc is often very like, and it's zesty. Not, and it's, it's not. not. It has kind of a creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. Almost reminiscent of a Chardonnay or a Semillon. I'm sorry. Are you? 
are you saying that my dad should open a tasting spot or you should? Uh, your dad and I actually have something in the works. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's called One of Us is a Lawyer um, <laughs> and is backing this financially. Yeah, um, I think that would be really fun, actually. I yeah. would really enjoy that if you and my dad did that. Because, like, you guys kind of are that in my life. Like, I, like, okay, okay. We're a little so, fancy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so my dad is really into music and he's, like, great at choosing music. He's always been, like, choosing the music in my backdrop I never felt the pressure to like seek out music myself so when it comes to music taste I'm like I don't know what does my dad want to listen to really? I like that yeah pretty I much that and then Rich my boyfriend he is really into music and so that kind of just naturally fit my life just perfectly it, and this is like kind of gross but like you know when like the dad hands the bride over to the groom like gross oh, gross yeah. so gross yeah but in a very like natural organic way I grew up and then going from like my young girlhood to adulthood, my dad definitely, you know, passed me off to Richard music wise. Wow. Rich is kind of the guy that chooses the music in my life and I'm cool with it. All right. So that's that side. Yeah. Then when it comes to like sipping cocktails, sipping wine, you are so that presence in my life. Oh, I you love really that. are. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Also, full disclosure, listeners, I think I'm drunk. <laughs> like I honestly like Did you I, finish your cognac? I, I finished my cognac and now I'm sipping this that's kosher like a thousand wine. proof. I'm like actually drunk uh thank you for driving me to this record this is learned up this is learned up podcast um well i want to give you a pass and tell you that you are fully into because we have a whole other wine that we need to taste so i would invite you to maybe transfer that Mm -hmm. into a little cup for later let me just hold on lorraine we have a thousand cups you don't have to drink that you're right (laughs) you're right you couldn't have more cups here feel free to so many cups okay all right let's move on guys we're gonna move on now to a (laughs) this is so fun this is like a sleepover. Is it more, it's probably more fun for us than people listening. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about this. Like, I, it didn't occur to me. Oh, it occurred to me fully, but I was like, it, I don't care. I was like, no, there's no way. We're serious women. Yes. We have a podcast. We are not going to get drunk on mic. We're just going to be sipping and trying them and telling each other the little bit that we Googled about these drinks. Yes, exactly. Nope. Nope. Um, okay, so <laughs> if you guys look at this bottle, this is kind of like what I think of when I think of kosher wine. It's from Israel. It's from the Golan Heights, in fact. Um, it says Galilee on it, which automatically just sounds fucking that biblical sounds and Israeli. very biblical. Right? Uh, it's a Chardonnay, 2015. The um, the winemaker is Yarden, Y-A-R-D-E-N. And it has what looks kind of like Aladdin's magic lamp it on sure it. It sure does. Um, Not just Aladdin, but also Elizabeth Taylor. Isn't that her name? What? No, Elizabeth Taylor is from Bewitched. The no, other one. Elizabeth Taylor is from Cleopatra. <laughs> She's from our podcast. She's from like Sorry. Violet Eyes. No. Oh, no. That's Elizabeth Montgomery. Who Elizabeth- are you talking Elizabeth- about? <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth- who is a magic lamp? Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery is Bewitched, who I'm confusing oh, with Jean- I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah, I almost said Jeannie in a bottle. Jeannie in a bottle, oh Christina Aguilera. The voice. Oh my god. No. Uh, the the skinny girl. Yeah, yeah. Barbara. Barbara. Jeannie. Barbara Eden. Barbara, Barbara Eden. Eden. I got that. I got who, there on my own. Who, by the way, that show was really short lived, and no one knows. Well, it's pretty problematic. A and female genie slave in a fucking <laughs> bottle for a man wearing a fucking crop top. Here's the deal. They booked her because she was so thin and beautiful. And very quickly into production, she was like, I'm sorry to announce, but I'm pregnant. And they were like, fuck you, bitch. And then she just got fat, which would be tight also. It would be amazing. 
oh my god i would so do that i would like get super skinny lol like what's different why are yeah what why I are you guys lighting this weird the why integrity of my acting yeah <laughs> and uh, then they just like shot a bunch of the show with her like behind furniture and like behind scarves <laughs> and shit and she was fully pregnant for most of that show okay let's pour this yard in glug 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 this is again the chardonnay it is not mavushal so it was not cooked oh pass me that glass here we go glug 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 glug, 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 glug. okay <laughs> ryan do you uh ryan get in on that here we go. Cheers. Cheers. So this is just regular kosher, kosher from, Israel. from Israel. Kosher for Passover, just regular kosher. It is. Hold on. Oh, by the way, the last one we drank, guys, was kosher for Passover. In Thank goodness. Thank I was God. worried. This says kosher, and it also is kosher for Passover. Nice. Okay. L'chaim. We forgot to say that on the last one. Ooh. Oh, yeah. A little bit more citrusy and acidic. You think so? I think so. Then the... Sauvignon Blanc? Yes. But how do you pronounce this? O'Dwyer's? Yeah, I guess. I beg your pardon. <laughs> that's, uh, that's I, I really like Chardonnay. I know it's tacky, but because it's very like white housewife. It's and very, I do have a yeah, I, like Connecticut wasp. I want to say like I know a lot about different kinds of wine and uh, I'm still allowed to like Chardonnay. Okay. It's like the heart wants to wants. You're totally allowed to like Chardonnay. It's like loving mac and cheese. It's like comfort food. Yeah. Duh. I think Chardonnay can be really great because... um. It's, it's so light. It's bu- yeah, but it's also, you think it's light? I think it's like. Oh, you think this it's is not kind of, light? I think this is, I would call this medium bodied. And it's, um, Lord of mercy. It's like buttery real, a little. It's oaky. Honestly, it's I'll oaky. say it again. Like, wh- I'm going for a Malbec. So this is light <laughs> as fuck to me. You're so right. This if is you are like, a heavy red drinker, mm-hmm. Chardonnay is the lightest thing you'll probably drink. But I'm into it. I like it. I like it too. Um, yeah, I can't tell if I prefer the other one. I'm going to have to... Let me hold on. Hold on. Let me do a little side-by-side. Yeah. I need another Let cup here. Of, like, my cleanse friend. my palate. Oh, please. Oh, yeah. Cleanse your palate with a little cognac. <laughs> um, this is awesome, Sarah. This is really fun. And, yeah, just a reminder, uh, I did only get whites because reds give me a headache. But I want to see some kosher rosés. So, any listeners, if you guys know of any kosher rosés or any kosher sparkling wines, love me a rosé, love me a bubbly... Uh, so I did some thinking. Yes. And by thinking, I mean drinking. Mm. And I think I prefer the Chardonnay. And here is why. Okay. It's a lot more interesting. It's more dynamic. It's more active. The one on we just my tried. Palette. Yes. Okay. The Yarden mm-hmm. is a fun. And 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 <laughs> I'm not I'm not included in Sarah and my dad's tasting club. I don't have. Yes, the, you are. I don't have the language. I was gonna say it's athletic. Oh, <laughs> athletic. It's bouncy. There's like something. <laughs> <laughs> okay you think the chardonnay is bouncy i just think it's more active there's like more to it mm-hmm. there's more happening whereas the other one is boring and i don't care that's interesting because the sauvignon blanc to me is like very um it's like funkier and a little bit more it's more acidic to me and it tastes a little bit like um really peas really like, you get that? like it's sort of peas. it's sort of veg- vegetal it's sort of i hate myself right now i'm really sorry guys oh i taste that i know what you're talking about right it tastes a little bit like peas oh my god you're so right which is very characteristic of a Sauvignon Blanc. It's very common. Okay, but okay, Chardonnay okay. is, on the other hand, a little bit bigger, a little bit smoother, mm-hmm. and a little bit more balanced. So you could probably, I could probably drink more of the Chardonnay than the Sauvignon Blanc because it's just, it's easier to drink. It's less, it does less, like, it makes you, like, 
it doesn't make you suck your mouth up like a, sure. like the Sauvignon Blanc does. Interesting. Wow. Guys, I like wine. What can I say? Sarah knows. Sarah but I don't. Knows. It's all bullshit. It's all just what you feel. You know? Yeah. That's that's the real secret of tasting it's wine. True. It's, it's just, true. It's all just what you feel. Yeah. If you take a sip of wine and you want to describe it as bouncy, you're allowed. <laughs> Go ahead. You're allowed. Don't worry. Don't let them judge you. Um, I once read a tasting menu or like a little, little paragraph of tasting notes uh, that described a wine as having uh, notes of winter black fruit and gravel. Please stop it. First of all, um, what is a winter black fruit? And second of all, um, no, I would rather not sip gravel. <laughs> no. Call it something else. Yeah. Um, like, call it, um, instead of saying gravel, maybe you could say something like, um, the like, terroir is very present here. Sure. You can Ooh. really taste the soil that this wine was I grown like that. on. I really like that. Right? Yeah. It's earthy is what I would say earthy. instead of gravel. That's really, that's the euphemism oh, for gravel. Oh my God. You just reminded me of this candle that was at Anthropology when I worked there. They might still have it. The candle was called Forest Floor. <laughs> and I swear to God, smelling it, that is exactly exactly what it smells well, that like. That sounds nice. It's like mossy. There's this like wet dirt to it. It's like it smells so naturey. Do I want my bedroom or office or anything to smell like that? Not really. But when I stuck my nose into that soy candle, I was like, yes, absolutely. Mm. That is forest floor. What's funny about that is replace forest with any other word and you do not <laughs> want that candle. Like bathroom floor, <laughs> pelvic floor. No, <laughs> never, never, ever. So That's really funny. Pelvic yeah. floor. What is that? <laughs> we'll talk about that off mic. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, guys. That was Hennessy and Kosher One. By the way, um, my dad wanted me to mention that there's this uh there's this Jewish drink that he said was actually a better sort of like counterpart to Hennessy that's called Slivovitz, which is a plum brandy that I guess Jews drink uh in Eastern Europe. Cool. Uh it's made all across Eastern Europe um under different names, but it's basically pl- plum brandy. And the first thing that comes up on uh, the internet when you Google Slivovitz after the Wikipedia article is a tablet mag article called In Praise of Slivovitz, Plum Brandy Doesn't Have to Taste Like Paint Thinner. Ah! So you're seeing a a theme which is like Jewish made alcohol, which a lot of times tastes bad or people think that it's bad and requires some kind of like uh, argument in its favor or like rebranding to make people appreciate yeah, it let's let's buff <laughs> let's buck the let's bust that myth today okay everyone listening both of these kosher wines are delicious they're delicious they're delicious and you want to know what like if i'm lucky enough to have a wedding i want to have kosher wine on my <gasps> wedding all right you heard it here i do because i want to make sure that all of my jewish guests are covered and feel good about it and, you know, I will worry a little bit about whether or not there's those rules of like, are they allowed to drink it with me? I don't know, you know about what? all you that. You don't have to worry about it. Really? It's your wedding. It's my throw day. The, throw the rule book out the window. It's my that ru- day. You know that rule book that you carry around with it's you in your purse? It's my special day. It's your special day. So there will be kosher wine at my wedding. No doubt about it. I only want non-Jews to pour my wine at my wedding. You heard it here. Wait on me. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> this is Learn Up Podcast at gmail.com. Also, I just want to say, um, 
I really enjoyed learning about Hennessy. I didn't know. Ryan is just openly <laughs> laughing at us. I didn't we know. know. We're getting a little loose. I kind of thought that I was going to Google it and people were going to go, no, that's a stereotype. It really is not. It has nothing no. to do with black culture. It has so much to do mm-hmm. with black culture. Yeah. And now I know. Now you know. The more you know. The more you, you know. know. You know. Should we do another episode that's... Um, Rami I can, Martin. Yeah. Or, well, that's still a cognac, but you could... Oh, I mean, more black mos- things? Moscato? Sure. Hypnotic? I don't even know what that tastes like. Oh, my God. Hypnotic? You've never had Moscato? No. What oh, is it it's like? delicious. It's um, it's very sweet. It's a dessert wine. Cool. Yeah. Ew. I'm going to hate it. Yeah. I mean, there's some good ones, though. I'm going to hate it. But it's... it's You can't just drink tons of it, which <sighs> people like Nicki Minaj love to do. She does. She, she likes to drink Moscato. Moscato. Guys, in the club, sip Moscato. Oh, yep. my God. I feel this is a learned up moment. I didn't know. Hi. A jibber. A jibber. A black bear. A black bear. Black but jibber. I'm going to do this really fast, guys. My jibu this week is L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti. Oh, shit. Is he Jewish? He is part Jewish. He's, I fully thought he was just Italian. He's everything. He's Italian. He's Hispanic. I he's love Jewish. Him. He's every woman, guys. I love and you him. can follow him at Eric Garcetti on Instagram. Um, I... Yeah, I follow. I started following him. He's. It's not a very exciting account, but he is a public servant and he is part Jewish, and that's important. Um, I did throw him some shade on an Instagram post where he can take it. I he called him out it. because Eric Garcetti, my car got towed, and in addition to having to pay the like two hundred and eighty-one dollars to pick my car up from the towing place, I also got a ticket on my car for like eighty dollars. It's like insult to injury, Eric Garcetti. Come on, Eric Garcetti. What do you think? I'm a billionaire. Like, why do we get tickets? Like on top of getting towed, Sarah, the getting towed is like the biggest ticket of all. And how long have you lived here? Three and a half years, bro. She is real she is I pay my taxes. she lives here now eric garcetti don't give her a ticket no she pays her taxes she produces a really wonderful podcast she shares that for you and your citizens throw her a freaking bone i'm out here repping jews and fighting the good fight okay? she's fighting the good fight she's so funny and she did not too shabby the other day <laughs> she's out here grinding eric garcetti <laughs> Help her out. So I know Eric Garcetti, please come on our podcast. We'd love to have you. I would love it. Can he come to our live show? Yep. Guys, uh, we've already been promoting this, but please come to our live come show. Come to our live show. It's Monday, October 30th at 8.30 p.m. at you, UCB Inner Sanctum, baby. You, you 20- just might see Eric Garcetti do a seven to ten minute set. Eric Garcetti, a Chelsea Peretti. Oh! Uh, 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 eating spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> drinking Moretti. Okay, that's my, that's my time. Bye. Bye. Okay, so my black boo is, this is so random, but it makes sense to me. Um, guys, there's this woman. She is an actress. She is American and she is British. And her name is Michael Hyatt. Now, am I pronouncing that wrong? Maybe. But she spells her name Michael Hyatt. Oh, yeah. And she was born Charlene Hyatt. Guys, if you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, she's her therapist. She's Rachel Bunch. Sorry, Rachel Bloom. Rebecca Bunch. Plays a character, mm-hmm. Rebecca Bunch. Yeah. And her therapist, Dr. Acopian, Acopian, Dr. Acopian. She is the dream ghost. From, did you ever see that bit? No. Dream ghost. Okay, so so this actress who is my my black boo, she is like the main singer of a sister act bit in um Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where they're singing about a dream ghost, which is 
Something that you access in your dreams who teaches you something about yourself, helps you reach an epiphany. Okay. And then you wake up and you're like, was it a dream or was it real? Yeah. So Rebecca Bunch's character is sitting next to Dr. Okopian on a long flight. She falls asleep because she takes some kind of medicine or whatever that makes her fall asleep. Sure. And she has a dream where the doctor, the psychologist, is her dream ghost. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. I'm sorry. I don't religiously watch that show. Oh, my God. I know I, I need to. It's something I'm a little bit self-conscious about. Basically, so I love this actress so much. And we were talking about Rachel Bloom off mic a little bit. And Dream Ghost popped in my head. And I was like, oh, my God. I love that actor. She is my black boo this week. Oh, that's great. She was born in England. She has Jamaican parents. Okay. Her mom is an art historian. <laughs> Filmography. Known for Nightcrawler. She's oh. a detective in Nightcrawler. Yes. I love that movie what's her name movie. again movie movie <laughs> movie that's a word movie nightcrawler is a movie her name is michael hyatt okay i love women with men's names that's a me sub. too that's another thing the to talk good about. girl like crazy never heard of this mississippi dolores crazy ex-girlfriend okay snowfall the price how to get away with murder mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. crunch time better things a tv show oh, i have not I yet love seen. better things i cannot wait to tell you all of the reasons you should watch better things off mic. There are so many other things that she's been in. So basically just everybody keep your eye out for Mikhail Hyatt. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's call her Michael. Michael Hyatt. I love her. Okay. Here's also a big reveal. I got to be a featured background actor on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend <gasps> a couple of weeks ago. Whoa. About a month ago. Get out of town. And what episode I don't Where know. Where can we find you? I don't know what number episode it is yet. Okay. I mean, I don't. I just. It's for, for the new season, obviously. I truly forget. It's in the new season. And when I went in for my fitting, I saw photos of this woman, this actor, Michael Hyatt. And it made me feel safe. Oh. Because I was nervous. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like I don't like fittings. And the costume people were like, uh, you can change now, like change into this other skirt so we can see what you look like. And I was like, I'm feeling a bit shy. Can I have some privacy? Oh. And they were like, oh, sure. And they like left and like let me do my thing. And while I was alone, I like looked at photos of her. I'm like, it's all going to be OK. Oh, that's so nice. I bet it's she would love to know nice. that, that you were just like naked and shy and like looked at pictures. Of I her was and so better. naked and I was so shy. She is fantastic. She's very funny and she's good at singing. Hello, ladies and gentlemen who listen to Learn Job Podcast. Now it is time for a segment that I call Afro Pick, where I pick an Afro and I talk about it. So today I would like to talk to you about Tariana Ball. She is the lead singer of Tank and the Bangers. They're really cool. They're a great band. It's like so much fun energy when you see them live. And that's large in part to Tariana Ball's addictive attractive um dynamic energy on stage i'd like to pass this phone to sarah so she can look at her and see how beautiful her hair is oh my god how gorgeous is she? it is voluminous she's so pretty and um i love the uh the sort of like janelle monet on speed uh sort of pompadour uh, afro sort of style and I also really like the sort of Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse yes, ears. Yes. Um, she, she does so many things with her afro. Yes. What and a fun lady. She is an afro spiration. And not only that, but she's like a she's like a full-bodied inspiration. Like my body is big and full, and sometimes I'll feel really self-conscious because this world is unkind to big ladies. And I look at her and I'm like, why would I want any other body? 
I love who mm-hmm. I am and I love mm-hmm. who she is and I love her afro and she is great. Great pick. And their music. I've never heard of these people. Dana really likes them. So I just figured that you would know them so too. So they must be cool. They must be cool. Dana Bell, everybody. Very cool. Look her really up. Really cool. <laughs> Check her out. Watch her videos. She's super funny. And also watch or listen to um, Tank and the Bangers. Tank and the Bangers, maybe? Hold on. Am I pronouncing that wrong? Tank. What do they call bangers. themselves? B-A-N-G-A-S. If you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to take away my black card, I welcome you too. <laughs> She's yeah, their their band is really awesome and their their NPR tiny desk concert is really fun. So check it out. Love it. That's a great Afro pick, Lorraine. Yeah. I was about to go, and Sarah, what's your Afro pick? Uh, um my, uh, my Afro pick is uh Seth Rogan in uh in knocked up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Shalom. Bitches, blessed art thou, Lord our God, creator of the universe, who has sanctified us by the commandments and created the fruit of the vine. Lechayim. Nigga, fuck that gin and juice. I'm fucking with Hennessy. Just pour me a glass of that dark shit. That's right. Tupac Shakur. This is Learned Up Podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Learn to Podcast. I've been Lorraine DeGraffenwright. This is my good friend, Sarah Isaacson. <laughs> Hello. We do the very best that we can to learn about black and Jewish stuff that we should totally already know. And, you know, we're out here and sometimes we we think, oh, let's just, um, you know, we'll do some research. We'll just read about this person or this, we, you know, we'll watch this movie. And this week, you know, we were like, we, we can't, our knowledge about these topics cannot be complete without the testing, without the tasting of these um of these products so um thank you so much for listening and you know what feel free to drink along i mean feel free to like feel free feel free to go out and you know get this get these wines get yarden chardonnay from yeah. the galilee get o'dwyer's creek if you want a little sort of zesty sauv blanc buy some hennessy guys but please be careful because hennessy um is very is very strong it's very strong and i don't know how people do it me neither I'm starting to question whether or not they're really drinking Hennessy in those music videos. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Like, have you spent like a 12-hour day on set? Do you know what that's it's like? It's exhausting. I mean, I you don't feel drunk be just by, you yes! know. Yes. Just- you don't even need to drink Hennessy no. to feel drunk in that context. So, guys, be careful out there. Drink responsibly. Yeah. Have, make sure you have a ride home. Have a ride home. <laughs> And also don't take Uber, though. Take Lyft. And also, like, wherever you are, like, you're obviously not driving and you're just like chilling out. So go on ahead to What's a Creative and mm-hmm. listen to some of the other podcasts. Thanks, by the way. What an amazing podcast network. Thank you so much. They're for hosting so us. good. We love our podcast producer, Ryan Counts House. Yes. Rhymes with Bounce House. Bounce. And um, guys, feel free to follow us on social media. In fact, we encourage it. We're at Learn Up Podcast pretty much everywhere. And I can't say this enough. I really want you to come to our live show. We've got a Please. great live show. It's going to be at UCB Sunset in the Inner Sanctum, Monday, October 30th at 8.30 p.m. You know, if you're just like, well, you know, is this going to be a Halloween show? Because I only go to Halloween events around Halloween. I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we got some spooky. Maybe we got some Jew booze and, and black, black booze. Also, guys, like, leave us a review yeah, like rate review 
subscribe yes do it and if you're like Leave a your little footprint. bit loose from like your hennessy or your kosher wine Definitely, even better definitely leave i love right i love writing a review when we want to know the truth exactly vino in vino veritas am i right and if you happen to be adam isaacson thanks thank you for so making much us music thanks for the tunes bro uh okay guys thank you so much for listening and um we'll see you next week for another stellar episode okay hee hee bye <laughs>